When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll, and together we are 3Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. The major stick. Oh my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Mage. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, G Pete. There's something going on on this Friday, as there is every Friday right here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Um, I am super stoked today. If you did not read the description for some reason and you don't know, let me be the first to tell you. Jake the Snake Flippin' Roberts is going to be on the show today. Very, very excited about this. So, we're going to have a very candid, real conversation because that's the kind of the only way he gets down. Um, and, of course, we're going to get into a little um, mail. We'll do a little bit of that. Got to start out by showing love and giving well wishes to Jerry the King Lawler, who apparently suffered a stroke a couple of days ago. And it, I was at first I was hearing it really wasn't looking good. Um, and now it appears that Jerry is recovering. Thank God. So really, really great to hear that. Um, of course, we all know about what happened to him in Montreal all those years back when he basically died and came back sitting right there at the desk at Raw. So scary moment. Scary moment. Um, and really, really happy he's doing okay. So send in love to Jerry the King Lawler. Um, it is time. Let's not waste any time. Mail. Frank says, what's up, guys? It, it has dawned on me that there is a very easy way to turn Cody into a top heel in the company. Here goes. Break up the title somehow. Cody fights for one. Sammy fights for one. Cody wins night one of WrestleMania. Sammy wins night two. Either at the end of WrestleMania or on the Raw after, Cody comes out and attacks, celebrating Sammy. Cody holds up both titles, claiming he should have had both all along because he was robbed of the opportunity to fight for both titles. Sammy and Cody have a match at Backlash to reunify the titles where the bloodline attacks Sammy, leading to a draw. You then have heel champ Cody on Raw and Sammy defending against the bloodline on SmackDown. Stay major, enjoy yourself. Frank, I like some of the idea. 
My issue with it is, okay, if you do that match at Backlash, Sammy loses, and Cody does unify the titles. And I don't think they want to do that. But I think part of the point would be not... Listen, I, I just said the other day on the show, I don't think I don't like being in the business of saying what a performer can and can't do. Like, oh, they, they're not capable of doing this. Or they... Blah, 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 blah. I don't like saying that. But do I think... Sammy is going to be a guy who carries the title forever. No, because I think with an underdog like him, you know, it's it's not going to be as entertaining if he makes it to the top of the mountain. Um, here's uh, another message from SM Mor- uh, Norris. Mail. Peter, in reference to the guy who mentioned Cody and Sammy pinning each other in a two out of three falls triple threat with Roman to get the belts off of him. It may have sound convoluted, but it's happened before. At WrestleMania 2000, Kurt Angle, the reigning Eurocontinental champion, dropped both titles without getting pinned after the Crippler pinned Y2J for the IC and La Champion pinned Toothless Aggression for the European title. Not sure that would work for the Undisputed Universal Championship. No, I, I don't think it would. A lot of ideas here. Everyone has an idea about Roman. Mail. Dan says, boys, if you allow me, he came up with an interesting way to split the titles from Roman. I'll try to be brief. Elimination Chamber. Jay turns on Sammy. Setting up KO Sammy versus Usos main event night one. Night one, the show ends with a similar bloodline beating down Sammy and KO like at the Rumble. But this time, Jay steps in to save Sammy. With the help of Jimmy, they turn the tide and everyone beats out Roman. We get the big Sammy babyface moment everyone wants as he stands over Roman to end night one, essentially ending the bloodline story. Night two, Roman versus Cody, but now Roman has no bloodline and seems more vulnerable than ever. Cody's about to win both titles when Seth, insert whatever level of freaking you like, Runs in and hits a stomp to cost Cody the match. Raw the next night, Roman forms a new bloodline with Seth. Roman bestows Seth the WWE title as the only wrestler he ever viewed as his equal, forming a new heel mega powers. It allows Cody to chase Seth for the WWE title and Sammy and the Usos to chase Roman over the summer for the Universal. It all comes to a head at WrestleMania 40. Seth versus Roman mega powers collide again after Roman gets those jealous eyes over Becky. Thank you for allowing me to fantasy book for a second. We're expecting our third child soon, and I want to have something to show them when they grow up of how much their dad is with a life. Podcast clips of fantasy booking emails he wrote to a wrestling podcast. Hopefully my following email can be some witty insight about a cream cheese uh, so easy to spread that it can even be done in turbulence. Appreciate all you guys do. Dan S. in Chicago. Dan, I'll tell you what. You told a hell of a story. Was it with a life? No. But was it mage? Yeah. Yeah, it was. David. Male. Hey, sweet Pete. Just got the t-shirt and it's great. We'll wear at the February 18th indie show here in Barcelona. Barcelona. Heard on Friday's podcast. You will be enjoying bagels from the factory. One of the things I dearly miss from my hometown, not sure how well you know Montreal, but something not to be missed is a smoked meek sandwich from Schwartz's on St. Laurent. Sent me the link too. Thank you, bro. 
Whenever I'm back, I return here with a couple of briskets. Not sure if it's still the same due to COVID, but only cash and no alcohol. Smiles and enjoy Montreal, David. Thanks, man. I'm very excited for uh, a little bagel in Montreal. Mail. Keith Harrington says, uh, R.I.P. Poffo. Like many, I was sad to hear about the passing of Lenny Poffo, especially after reading the article on The Ringer by Oliver Lee Bateman. I was in the crowd at the Boston Garden as a kid when Lanny healed the Boston sports teams, and up until the Bateman article, I had no idea that this was his turn to the genius. I'll always remember that day, not for the term, but because I was with my dad who laughed when Poffo berated our teams. Since I was 11, I asked my dad why he thought it was funny, and he said, I can't believe the writers made him say that. It was then that the curtain was pulled back, and I finally understood my favorite sport was actually my favorite television show. Luckily, I get to share that enjoyment with my kids, who fully love wrestling. Because, as the chosen runs have written, wrestling is great. Throwing one frisbee for me, one frisbee for the genius, Keith Harrington. Oh, that was beautiful. That really was nice. That was really nice. Really well said. So many people pass away. That's what's so crazy about having Jake the Snake on. Like, I can't believe it's 2023. And I don't know if this is my first interview with Jake. I think it's my second. I think I did a one at ESPN maybe many years ago um, on the phone. But this is like, you know, to have a, he's going to be joining me on Zoom. To see Jake the Snake looking healthy, doing well in 2023 is such a blessing. I thought about that this week when we heard the news about Jerry. And I, and I thought the worst, uh, and I'm so happy that's not the case. But, man, this guy, Jake the Snake, is kicked out way more times than anybody ever kicked out of the DDT. Mail. Dips awful Cody takes. Michael Maldonado writes us, Hello, Radio King Rosenberg, the physically correct SGG and the Mark of Marks dip. I have to start by saying I love you all in very different ways. You three are perfect together and enhance pro wrestling on a weekly basis. That said, I have to address Dip's awful Cody takes and his double standard. Dip says he doesn't like Cody's being forced and fans will reject him in three to six months. Isn't Bray Wyatt being forced to? He said the crowds can only take so much corniness until they turn on him. Meanwhile, Dip's favorite guy in wrestling mumbles in tongues, plays a confused good guy, bad guy character, hangs out with puppets and a weirdo uncle, and by the way, has terrible matches that bury his opponents beyond repair? Sure, Bray isn't gunning for the WWE Championship. However, he's one of the top draws in all of wrestling today. Why? Because it's a wish version of The Undertaker? I don't understand it. The problem with the Royal Rumble today is that when a fan's favorite doesn't win, they automatically reject the winner of the match. When Roman lost to Batista, they booed. When WWE tried to make up for it and have Roman win, they booed again. Sure, Cody winning was telegraphed. But wasn't Bray's return also telegraphed? I don't understand Dib's double standard for hating on Cody's return. Entrance, pyros, smoke, etc. Yet fawns over Bray's cryptic promos talking about nothing. The man enters out of a swampy moss-covered rock for crying out loud. Dip hated Cody winning but loved the pitch black match? He didn't care that Uncle Weirdo missed LA Knight completely? I don't know. Sometimes predictable is the best way to go. But what do I know? I'm just a fan, LOL. P.S. Dip hated the WWE press conference because they break kayfabe. Yet AEW's media scrum is the very definition of breaking kayfabe. 
This podcast breaks kayfabe all the time. The double standard is Bed Bath & Beyond. Dip needs a timeout and a suspension of ordering lettuce, cheese, and tuna on his egg-everything bagel with cream cheese. Love you all. Keep up the great work. Mike from Long Island. Mike, the only thing I'll say, the only thing I'll defend Dip on is it's not like he ever liked the AEW media scrum. Like that We just talked about it because it was newsworthy, but I don't think he ever liked it. So just defend him on that. Your takes, though, about his inconsistency, I I totally agree with. Like, SGG and Dip both have takes that I think are wrong basically every week. Um, And both of their, and by the way, that's what takes are for, so it makes for good, good podcasting. I don't care. But both of them, I think what we've settled into on this show, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe what we've settled into on this show is that really... The takes come from Dip and SGG. And I mostly call it pretty straight. I have my opinions. I told you guys that I was worried about Cody. I did think it was too telegraphed. But then I don't go as far as Dip does, who acts like the whole thing's failing. I I don't know what he's thinking sometimes. Like, his quickness to completely bail on something or to look past. And you guys, I was incredulous. Like, I can't believe he didn't care that Uncle Howdy completely missed the dive onto LA Knight. Oh, no, I don't care. Oh, what? Why? Why here do you not care? SGG on the flip side of that coin. Whatever happens with Roman, it's going to be great storytelling. I mean, okay, maybe. But, I mean, no one's allowed to get that pass. I mean, otherwise there's nothing. To, no one has ever been perfect except Mr. Perfect. Brett's stories weren't perfect. Hogan's stories weren't perfect. Savage stories weren't perfect. Like, the Roman story hasn't been perfect. It's been great. It's been great. No, you cannot convince me that Kevin Owens, and SUG has tried. You cannot convince me that Kevin Owens the first time with Roman was great. That that part of the story was great. Jay Uso part was great. Sami Zayn part was great. Other ones were great. I didn't even think Cena was great. Didn't think the Cena match at uh, that they had with, at, what was it? Was it Mania? SummerSlam. Was great. So I, as I think Roman is the best performer generally in the business today. But that doesn't mean everything's perfect. I'm not willing to do that. And, and, and how Dip completely just accepts everything in the Bray story. I mean, I, I, I had major concerns about LA Knight. Now, I understand now that LA Knight is a foil and he's just going to be there to, you know, whatever, attempt to be a foil and then be tossed aside. I get it. But it's been a long time with LA Knight. I mean, I, I didn't think it would, I, I didn't think LA Knight would get three months of Bray's time. My concern about that is, and I think the Bray stuff has been pretty cool. And I think the Uncle Howdy thing's cool. And I like that it's intersecting with Bliss. And I, th- there's a lot there. My concern is, though, we've taken so long to get here now that some of the shine is gone from Bray's return. Well, this is nice. Carmen sent me a message. Sweet P, I know you have a ton of experience in tech, but if you need help, I can do my best. Been working with Sonos for over 10 years now, Carmen. Listen, I got it working. I like Sonos just fine once it works. I just find setting up the Sonos speaker to be ridiculously hard considering what it's supposed to be. 
They can't find it. it did this, there's that. I get a message about this. I get a message about that. It goes on and on <clears throat> and on. Hold on while I have a sip of water. Mail. Get it together, Sonos. Just make it a little easier, can you? Uh, Leonardo says, guys, thank you for criticizing this Cody angle. We celebrate the great storylines in wrestling history, and we are currently in the middle of one with the bloodline. But can anyone tell me who Cody is? We know who he is in a dirt sheet gossip sort of way. Oh, he isn't being used correctly. Oh, he got fired. Blah, blah, blah. Hired by the competition. He's back. Blah, blah. And with all due respect to Dusty, Cody got a bump in popularity when his dad passed away. Uh, that's a tough take, Leonardo. Uh, but in kayfabe, he's a nobody. At most, he's a grandson of a plumber. This should make him a natural heel who has been handed his spot due to nepotism. In kayfabe, because he does have skills. That's a good point. Take away, quote, real life, and who is he? Where do you belong in the kayfabe storyline? I respect his ability, but please help me understand this. By the way, the bagel sandwich talk is great, but the beauty of the bagel is its simplicity. If you can't enjoy a toasted bagel, egg everything, cinnamon raisin, or even pumpernickel, if you can't enjoy a toasted bagel with real butter, then your bagel is trash. Love you guys. I, I want to be clear. You're right. A really good toasted, you know, warm bagel. All people, all the people would say a good, a really good bagel shouldn't be toasted. But a good warm bagel with butter, it is good. I do want to be clear. It is good. It's just if you tell me that's your bagel of choice, I'm like, okay, well, you're not that into bagels. It's not that it's not good. It's totally, it's fine. Example. I drink Bud Light. If, if, if I'm at a barbecue or I had a couple of mixed drinks while I'm out and I want to switch to beer because I, I can never make it much past a couple of drinks, right? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to feel, have, have a headache. I'm going to just drink. I'm going to nurse a beer. I'm switching to Bud Light or Miller Light. It's fine, but I'm not a beer drinker. There are beer drinkers who scoff at drinking a Bud Light or Miller Light. Why? Because it's watery and nothing. I like it because I'm not a beer drinker. So it's easy to drink and it's fine. If you're not a bagel guy and you don't want to do cream cheese and lox and tomato because it's too much, yeah, get a bagel with uh, butter. But you're not a bagel guy. That's all I'm saying. Um, to that email, there's some interesting points there about who is Cody beyond the real life character they've created. I agree. He hasn't been here that long for them to make it a character. And remember, the last time he was in WWE, he was Stardust, for God's sake. So that story can still be told. But these days in this era of wrestling, when someone shows up to the company, usually use their real life story to help tell the story. Uh, one more from Justin. Mail. Sweet Pete and the boys, I have to disagree with Dip's comments when, about Cody this week. Every week, Roman and the Bloodline come out with the graphics and the pyro and the elongated entrance. Cody does it twice, and Dip has a problem. Cody's the top guy on Raw, and Roman's the top guy on SmackDown. When they are on the show, that is the treatment they're going to get. Also, I think we could be heading toward Dom versus Cody at Chamber Elimination. Hear me out. Dom's getting legit booze and is doing good work as a heel. He's the perfect guy for Cody to have a one-off with. Cody beats him at the premium live event. Then Judgment Day attacks him after the match, and Ray returns to make the save. This sets up Ray versus Dom at WrestleMania, where Dom will finally get what he has coming to him. Furthermore, there's no way the fans flip on Cody while he feuds with Dom. Not that the fans feel the same way as Dip necessarily, which they don't. 
Lastly, I love the new shirt. I'm always happy to support you guys. I look forward to both pods each week. Stay mage, Justin. Great message, Justin. Thank you, man. And uh, yeah, I don't think the fans feel the way Dip feels. I don't. I mean, I, I mean, man, a lot of a lot of Dip email this week. Here's another one. I thought that was the last one. I read this in the mail. Oh, wow. Mail. Sean says, "Dear sweet Pete, 35 at 35, and the physically vacationing guys. Something's going on." I don't know when this happened, but Dip Flair has become a curmudgeon old fan. The negativity the last few weeks has become almost unbearable to listen to, and this is a time when wrestling has been as hot as ever. This week, already complaining of Cody being shoved down our throats when he had the promo segment you'd expect the Rumble winner to get, plus a single match. He's the Rumble winner. Get ready to see him. Then the breaking of kayfabe of it all for the press conference. It is in 1984. People know it's not real and are interested in the real people. AW holds the, the same lame press slash news conference, and we never have the same tirade. Not saying it all needs to be holly jolly, but dismissing things as who cares doesn't make for great listening. And I'm not the only one to have this opinion. I'll see you guys down the road. Sean, I hope Dip listens to this episode. A lot of heat coming in. Listen, I, I, the, the fact is, it's what it's what Dip does. He's a complainer when it comes to what he loves so much. But I do think there have been times the last few weeks when I've been like, really? I, I'm kind of surprised that you view it that negatively. And it's weird because he told me he loved the Rumble. He mostly loved the Rumble. I was harder on the actual Rumble match than he was. The interesting part was like I was, I, I guess I separated more. Like I didn't like the booking of the Rumble match, but it didn't completely turn me on Cody. All it did was make me go, uh-oh, I hope they don't go down a road here where it leads to people not liking Cody. Here's what you have to understand about uh, back to Dip and SGG and what makes their opinions their opinions and what makes them great on the podcast. They are both unbelievable marks. D- Dip maybe even more so. If Dip sees any sort of potential injury in the ring, he assumes it's real. Like the basic fundamentals of what makes this business a work, Dip gets worked on all the time. This is why he loves it. This is why he loves wrestling, and wrestling is great. Listen, I'm barely an insider, okay? But the the show as constructed is me, the semi-knowledgeable semi-insider who can keep a somewhat objective opinion, and two lunatic fanboys. That's what GPD is. So sometimes SGG is going to drive you nuts. Sometimes Dip's going to drive you nuts. And in the end, you're always going to love me. Which, by the way, is refreshing because I'm hated on both of my radio shows. <laughs> I like playing this middle ground here. Guys, I love you. Um, let's get into it. Jake the Snake Roberts time. You hung out through Mailbag. You know why. For the main event. Uh, Jake the Snake's biography is airing on A&E on February 26th. And the A&E um, WWE collabs are back Sunday the 19th of February. Every week a biography and arrivals. Okay. Where's Rosenberg's talking smack afterwards? I Smack talk afterwards? I don't know. But hopefully it'll come back too. Uh, let's get into it. Jake the Snake Roberts. They said, hey, would you be interested in talking to Jake the Snake? Before they could get to the, the Nake part of Snake, I, I said yes. Well, Jake the Snake is doing <laughs> promo. I want to talk to him. So oh, uh, A&E, WWE, uh, the, the, the incredible Sunday night lineup is back starting February 19th. And on February 26th, we get the Jake the Snake biography, which I'm very excited to see. And we welcome to Cheap Heat, 
uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you? I'm wonderful, man. Absolutely wonderful. The, I got to tell you, that warms my heart. I, I, I am like, I, tell me if you, you must hear this a lot. I am always like perpetually happy to see you doing well. Is that a common thing you get from fans? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really great. The love that they hand out to me, man, is just uh, over the top at times, but uh, it's certainly appreciated. You know? And uh, no, these days, man, my, my body's uh, reacting. I had COVID now three times. Uh, if I get on something, I just got to keep hammering. <laughs> yeah, you know? You're very consistent. Jesus you just keep going back Christ, to the man. <laughs> But uh Oh, my body's recovering fine. I'm doing some new things. I'm still fighting the smoking, but uh, hey, I'm one day at a time, man. One day at a time. At least there's no booze or drugs involved, and uh, that I'm beyond happy with. So I was going to ask you. I mean, if you're if you're down to have a little sobriety conversation, which I'm always up for. Uh, oh yeah. Um, so smoking is the only thing you've you've uh, you've, yeah. you've kept for now. Good for yeah. you, man. That's pretty I'm cool. That's fine. it's. Trying You're fighting so it? hard. Trying. That's the most wicked shit. Damn tobacco companies have, have us all on the hook and they know it. And, you know, if we had a real government, there would uh, there would be some laws put on those tobacco peoples, man, because uh, the stuff they put in there to get us addicted is just crazy. The amount of drugs. The tobacco is not so bad on you. It's all the bullshit they put in there. I know that's the messed up part. Like you wonder yeah. what, you know, as bad as smoking would be period. You wonder how bad would it be if you could remove everything and, you know, yeah. strip it down. Skip the product, man. Um, but listen, I, I think, I think with addiction, everybody knows that when you're dealing with the really big demons as you have with drugs and alcohol, I obviously would be ideal to kick the cigarettes thing. Yeah. Um, but it's probably, it's probably, something you're willing to deal with to, to stay clean from the, the, the Oh, gotcha. Are you kidding me, man? I have, I have no, no feelings, no twitches, no hungers, no nothing, man, towards drugs and alcohol. I mean, in fact, whenever I, when I'm in the airport, I'll be walking down the, the concourse and I'll pass the bar and the smell of that bar just makes me want to throw up. So when did that happen, Jake? Because like you kept, you know, for all of us who who followed About you, two years in, <laughs> <laughs> two years into the sobriety, yeah, before so, it finally, boom, you know, locked down. So like, which time frame are we talking though? Is this like after you linking up with DDP? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, when I was still with him. And was when that was, was that was him. that your first was that your first true sobriety in earnest when you went to DDP's house? Well, I'd done three months in rehab, you know, but hell, that's like going to jail, you know, <laughs> right, right. basically, you know, I mean, you're not, uh, you're not ringing any bells there. I mean, hell, a couple of times I went to rehab, I'd call my dealer and had him meet me at the end of the road whenever I was getting out. Right. You know, that's how well it worked. Uh, yeah, the, the difference, the difference between sobriety and being a dry drunk, right? I mean, right. It, it's a right. totally different operation. Like to hear that you actually walk past a bar and there's not temptation anymore, it must oh, almost no. blow your mind at times to be like, It does. Wow. It does. You know, it's like when the wife wants to have a glass of wine, I don't mind her having that wine. It doesn't bother me at all. She can drink it right there at the table. It doesn't bother me at all, but don't kiss me because I, I can't, I can't take the smell of it. It's like, Oh, Jesus Christ, you shit in your mouth. You know? <laughs> 
So wait, so how do you hear, this is an important question I think for anyone who deals with addiction. How do you get to this awesome place of sobriety where you're truly not tempted, but also realize that there's no such thing as being over it and it being dead and you always yeah. still have to, to watch out for it? You just got to hit a resolve, man, and just uh, know that you don't want it anymore. And that's the thing. And I, I credit that to uh, hand abuse. Taking hand abuse helped me a lot. Because mm -hmm. uh, being a true addict, I had to make sure that shit worked. So I tested it. Jesus Christ, did I get sick. It, it really? It did. Oh, it, huh? my God, brother. You have no idea. I thought I was dying. I mean, I broke out in sweats. I, I, it dropped me to my knees. I was throwing up and shitting my pants at the same time. <laughs> it was horrible. Wow. So it, did its part, so, it, so it did its job, in other words. Oh, God, yeah, man. I didn't want any alcohol, brother. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and the funny thing was, is I got it off of beer-battered fish. Wow. Off of beer. So what if you'd taken a shot of vodka? I mean. Oh, no shit. No wow. Beer-battered so fish. When they tell you that it cooks the alcohol out, fuck you, man. <laughs> it's there. It's there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, well, listen, you know, you hit, you hit that spot, man, where you're comfortable and where you feel like you're in your own skin. But you got to remember, I took two years, man, where I didn't go anywhere alone. I always had somebody there with me, man, to make mm -hmm. sure, you know, to be my to be my crutch, if you want to call it. But two years like that, so it, it's. It's the thing of doing something over and over again to where it's a, it's a natural progression of which way you're going to go, which way you're going to walk, and what you're going to do. It's getting into new habits, breaking the old habit, getting into a new habit, a healthy habit. So that's what helped me. You know, DDPY yoga, you know, they can say what they want, but that stuff was probably the, the biggest part of getting me sober. Mm. Because once I started doing it, I started having reactions to my body. My body started recovering, started feeling better, started looking better, started wanting to, to get up and move instead of just sit around on the couch and blah, you know. And I felt I started feeling alive again. And when you can do something, when you haven't won anything in so long, like I had. Hadn't had anything positive happen in my life in years. And to start doing this DDPY yoga in a matter of weeks, lose 10 pounds. Then I lost 20 pounds. Then I lost 30 pounds. Then I lost 40 pounds. And I'm looking in the mirror going, holy shit, there's hope for me, man. That's what I recovered. Once mm. you recover hope, you've got it. Mm. That's so deep because I think a lot of people when they're going through a really deep mental emotional thing there's physical stuff that's always oh, there yeah. and if you if you take the physical step it's like yeah it could be the biggest piece of the whole thing it just starts making you feel like you can do something with yourself and uh, that's that's the light at the end of the tunnel that you see it's just a little glimmer but then each day you're able to do a little bit more and a little bit more and these each time you do a little bit more it's a huge victory man Huge victory. So that's where I credit DDPY yoga.
Um, so last thing I want to ask about recovery, a big part of 12 step is making amends. We oh, all, God. we all saw in, in beyond the mat all 20 years ago, um, yeah, how that was bullshit. <laughs> we can get to that, but we all know that you, I think you'd be the first to admit there was tough stuff with your family. How, oh, yeah. how has the amends process gone? Have you, have you been able to really make some progress there? Oh yeah. I've made huge progress in the amends, man. And, uh, there's not many people left. Certainly nobody close to me. You know, anybody close to me, we're all we're all squared. Did you ever get to did you ever get to make amends to Savage for the, the snake bite to the arm? It was, it was just unbelievable. Oh, of course not. I'd never do that. <laughs> so so let's let's get into the doc. Um uh first of all, have you seen the biography that we're seeing? Yes, I have. yes. And are you happy with it? Extremely. Um, it's uh it's it's hard. It's uh, very truthful. It's very raw, but it's real, and that's the only way I would do it. You said that Beyond the Mat when I brought it up was bullshit. Yeah. What What makes Beyond the Mat bullshit versus? Well, it was this? all set up. It was all set up. They They pulled a couple of tricks on me and played a little game with me. Lied to me several times, you know. I pissed in a garbage can one time and they they played it up like I was so drunk I didn't know what I was doing. Are you serious? I hadn't had a beer. Right. You know, nothing. You know, and I just tried to find a place to piss. I'm in a fucking little town and we're wrestling there and there's no place to piss. So I'm in a locker room and there's a can over there. I'm sorry, I'm going to piss in that can. <laughs> the next thing you know, they're playing it up like I'm just out of my fucking mind. Yeah, I don't even want to get into it. But you're, but this one you're happy with, in, in, oh, in spite yeah. of the fact Absolutely. that I'm sure there's Absolutely. there's hard truth yeah. there. With um, how how would you describe your relationship with the WWE generally at this point in 2023? I don't, I don't see uh, where we have any problems, man. Uh, I work for AEW, but uh, I certainly hold no grudges, and if they do, that's on them. <laughs> you know. And uh, I think, uh, if anything, they've missed the boat. You know, there was a, there, I had a lot left to give. I still do. You know, and uh, now at AEW, I'm trying to teach the young guys how to do good interviews. And we can certainly use that. <laughs> <laughs> how is, Jake, I mean, everyone throws around the term with you. It's almost like at this point, like, the easy thing to say about Jake one of the greatest minds in the wrestling business, yeah. right? It's everyone's favorite thing to say. And then jackass fans like me, you, we repeat it, and it definitely is true, but tell yeah. us what that really means. What, what to you, what is what is your understanding of the wrestling business that you have that others don't seem to get so easily? Learning how to read people. You know, learning how to read the fans knowing when to do something, when not to do something, not just to go out there and waste all these moves and all this shit, do all this crazy ass shit, wind up with a finger stuck up your ass or something, you know, that means nothing. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, that wasn't a good wrestling match. It was just a bunch of bullshit. So timing, timing, you got to know timing. You got to know how to read people. And you, you're amazing. To, to think about as a, a superstar because when I think of you in the ring, 
I think of, and I don't want to shortchange you, but as a fan, I think of punches that looked authentic and amazing. Oh yeah. I, th- I think of the short clothesline. Yeah. And I th- and I think of the DDT. That's Absolutely. basically that's basically what I think of. Well, that's you all did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> So like, that's basically all I did, you know, I'd work through that. How did you, you figure know? out how to do, how to do it in such a minimal way though? Like where did you get that from? The instant? Well, when you go out there and you keep it real, I always kept it real. I didn't do a bunch of flashy shit that, that everybody knows is horse shit. I didn't waste moves. I didn't hit somebody with a sledgehammer and let him get up. I mean, my God, if I hit you with a sledgehammer and you got up, brother, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, I don't care if your wife does own, own half the company. You know, I'm still leaving. <laughs> yeah, I hear That's you. It's just ridiculous shit, man. When you don't, you don't want to insult the people's intelligence. Don't go out there and do all this hype. You know, the, the, my biggest bitch is doing all this high flying shit. You know in and out of the ring, over the top, through the ropes, triple Burnham Durnham over the top, you know, and and the guy gets beat with a fucking schoolboy. Are you kidding me? Right. Are you serious? You do all this fantastic shit, and then you wind up losing with a schoolboy because you're too prideful to be beat by the guy's best move. Me, if I'm going to get beat, I want to get beat by the guy's very best move. Are people receptive to hearing this? I mean, AEW of all places, there's a yeah. lot of high flying. A lot. Oh, they'll, yeah. st- they'll start oh. the show with a trio's match of 30 minutes of high flying. Oh, out yeah, of the gate. absolutely. No, they don't listen to me at all. <laughs> you know, their idea is, you know what, Jay? I've got a fat fucking contract. I'm going to ride this. <laughs> uh, I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. 10 years from now, Half those guys, you won't even remember their names. I'd say, I'd say 85% of them, you won't even remember their names because they're flashing the pans and they don't have any character. They, don't have, they haven't built a character. Jake the Snake has not been in the ring since 1997, 2000. That's 20-something years. And I'm so friggin' busy now, man, I'm barely keeping my head above the water. Right. I'm being buried with with people wanting me to do things, to go where, go here, go there, signing, 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 signings. I get to these signings. I don't see these young kids doing signings. You know why? Because nobody knows who the fuck they are. (laughs) They don't. They go, wait, I've seen him on TV. And then they see how little they are. Holy shit, they're really blown away then. How many... do you do you remember just in, in in speaking of like how impactful you were and the move set was? Do you remember how many people? Because I can't recall kicked out of the DDT. Nobody except uh, Undertaker. Undertaker. That's it. Yeah. If you hit it, One time. you might not always hit it, but if you hit it, they're not kicking yeah. out of it. Yeah, he, he he kicked out, but that it was a long period of time. Before. I did it to him, but it took me probably five seconds to cover it. And by the time I covered him, he was able to kick out. Got it. Got it. Got it. No, you don't get up from my shit. <laughs> Damn right you don't. Uh, <laughs> how do you do you take um do you take any level of pride 
in playing the part that you played in the launching of Steve Austin, you know, and him going. Oh, absolutely. And- absolutely, man. I was one of the only people that believed in him. Vince McMahon told me that Steve Austin would only be like a middle of, middle of the card guy. I said, you're wrong, Vince. He's going to be your next superstar. And he did not believe me. So I talked to Steve nearly every night while he was on the road, talking to him about his match, what had happened, where he was going with it, what were you doing when that happened. It's all about establishing somebody that's a real fucking man, you know, that people can't see through their bullshit. So other way, other words, don't waste any moves. Make everything count. And when you go out there, here's what happens to guys. They'll go out and they'll do 95 moves, absolutely perfect. But that 96 move will be a little bit off. And the people go, oh, fucking bullshit. Because they seem through their shit. You know? And once you destroy that accountability with the fan, you're screwed. Uh, what do you look back on? What what story from the heyday in WWE? Um, what story do you look back on the most fondly? Do you because everything you did was so good, man? Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that to kiss your ass because you're here. Yeah. I'll say it all the time. I'm blessed to have be able to say it to your face. What was your favorite thing though that you really are proud of? Oh my god, Steamboat Savage. Mm. Yeah. Probably Savage Steamboat Andre. Because just to be just to be in the ring with Andre and actually have a match. And be a credible opponent. You were a credible rivalry. Just blew me away. You know, for the fans to put me in that position, I'm like, what the fuck did I ever do to the fans that pissed them off so much they want that giant fucking kill me? Uh, and last thing, what, what regret do you have from that time? Something else that could have happened that would have been awesome that maybe you screwed off because of the frame of mind you were in yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I always regret my, uh, my decisions because they weren't, they weren't clear decisions, you know? And, uh, what if, and I, I don't like going there because that's a downer. Yeah. True. Cause the truth is I should have been world champion. And, uh, it didn't happen because of my problems. And 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 that is something you actually, because as much as everyone can talk about, ah, the titles aren't real, in your eyes, it's still something you would have liked to have had. It is something I would have liked to have achieved. You yeah. Know? I mean, I got the ring, but. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'd still like to have done that one time. And, and again, not just saying this because you're here. You are the kind of guy, though, that. I, what do I know? But I would say you're the kind of guy where the title's cool, it's a bonus, but you also yeah. don't need it. No, you know what I, I mean? No, I don't need that shit. You, you like, um, I, but I can see what you're saying. Jake, I always appreciate how open and honest you are. We we get exactly what we expect. And um, truthfully, I think about you a lot because we lose so many people in this business. Yeah. And I go, that son of a bitch, Jake Roberts, he should have been first on the list. Yeah. And he's still here and improving and thriving and trying. I think it's one of the most inspirational stories in in, in the whole business, man. So thank you for no, sharing with too. us. I do too. I really do, man. I, I look at all the guys that are gone and think like, how the hell did I slide by? It's, it's unreal. But, uh, now I know why I'm sliding by because I'm doing the right damn thing every day. And you got, and you got more to give. Uh, oh, yeah. 
We appreciate it, Jake. Uh, continue yep. the best of luck, and we'll be watching you on February 26th. All right. Thank you, bro. There he is, the great Jake the Snake Roberts. Professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.